Thank you, Angela. If you have a Bible, let me encourage you to grab it and make your way to where she just read from. We are going to be taking another break from our study through the book of Hebrews, just as we did last week for Mother's Day. Um, and similar to last week with Mother's Day, uh, while my words will be aimed particularly at graduates today, they are not aimed exclusively at graduates. Uh, what I have to say, Lord willing, from God's Word is applicable to every single one of us in here, even though we may aim it particularly at the graduates. Now, my, like when I was envisioning this morning, I was expecting all of the graduates to be on the front row. So if you, all graduates, if you'll do me a favor and stand up real quick, just so I can find you with my eyes. Don't, you already came up front. Don't be ashamed. Please stand up. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, we can clap for you again and I can just find everybody with my eyes. Okay. All right, you guys, you guys can be seated because what I want to do is primarily look at you today as uh, we are making our way through this. And so 2 Timothy chapter 1 uh, is what we're going to be looking at, and this is Paul's last letter. This is the last letter he ever wrote. Uh, as he's writing it, he is in a dungeon awaiting his execution. So he knows it's coming, it's months away, he'll be beheaded by Nero. And so he writes a letter to his protege in uh, the ministry, Timothy, who he loved like a son. And so he just writes him a letter and the letter really reads like a great big job description of what it means to be a Christian. And so let me just commend that to you tonight. Read Second Timothy. It's just a great big job description of like, this is what it means to live as a Christian. Maybe you can do that as part of your community group gathering tonight if you're gathering as a community group. But for this occasion, this milestone in your life, I just thought that these opening words were really, really apropos. And so look at them with me. We'll focus in on verse 6, but let's make our way through this at the beginning as well, the whole thing. And so he says, begins by saying, I thank God whom I serve as did my ancestors. And so what he's doing here is he's just clarifying that Christianity is not a diversion from the covenantal promise of God from the very beginning. It's actually the Jews who diverted. Christianity is the continuation of the covenantal plan of God from the very beginning. The Jews denied the Messiah. Christians followed the Messiah. We are still continuing the plan. And so I think my... Thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. And so church, part of our job now going forward with these graduates is to remember them constantly in our prayers. And so at least once a month as you are going through the directory, you read and pray for the A's on the first day of the month, the B's on the second day of the month, the C's. That's why we updated every single members meeting as we add more people to the membership. Pray for them. Verse 4, as I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. You guys, when you come home, we will be so glad to see you. We will, like some of our college students have come home uh, this week or in the next few weeks, and we are filled with joy to see you. We are so glad that you're here, and we look forward to you guys coming home as well. All right, verse 5, and here we go, graduates, what I want to talk about in particular. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, 
and now I am sure it dwells in you as well. Okay, developed in your family, developed in the church. For this reason, I remind you, fan into flame the gift of God. And for Timothy particularly here, he's, Paul's reminding him of his ordination when hands were laid on him. For God gave us a spirit not of fear. No need to be fearful about the future. The Lord holds it. He's already there. He's outside of time. Not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And so, graduates, if I could implore you to one thing going forward this year, and really for the rest of your life, it would be to fan into flame the gift of God that is in you. To fan it into flame. Like, don't, like, far more important than a degree, far more important than advancement in the military, far more important than anything that you might do is your relationship with Jesus Christ. Fan that into flame. Don't think you're graduating from Jesus. Fan it into flame. This is the single best thing you can do for your life. For the rest of your life. And so what I want to do this morning is remind you of some ways you can help this happen. And I say help this happen because you can't make spiritual growth happen. It's a work of the Spirit. Okay, You can't manufacture that, but you can help it. And so a couple of things that can help with that. And so I'm going to give you three Uh, But we'll spend the bulk of our time on number three, the most important one. And maybe the most surprising one. But number one is this. Commit yourself to Bible reading and prayer. Commit yourself to... Graduates, commit yourself to Bible reading and prayer. Like, bear... I mean, five minutes a day. Transform your mind. Don't be conformed. I mean, this is Romans 12, 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but by the renewing of your mind, be transformed. Like, don't just do what the world does. Let God transform by His Word, through the Holy Spirit, transform your mind That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Transformed by the renewal of your mind. Changed to be more like Christ. And so let me encourage you, utilize the Bible that Chad just gave you. It's a journaling Bible, there's plenty of room to write in there, write prayer, write stuff that's going on in your life. Get on Google this afternoon. It's your friend as it relates to like a reading plan that you may want to do. And listen, if you print a reading plan off, don't like when you fall behind. Don't just quit. Just keep going. Doesn't matter if you're on the days. Just keep going. Bare minimum, though, read a chapter a night. Bare minimum. Let the Lord speak to you through his word. It doesn't return void. Transform your mind. And pray. And right now, students, on Sunday mornings, you are going through a series on prayer. Learn, engage, do these things. Commit yourself to Bible reading and prayer. 
Another thing I would encourage you to do in this new season of life as you go off to the military or to a college campus or whatever that might be. Number two in your notes, commit yourself to a military or campus ministry. Commit yourself to a military or campus ministry. And I'm just going to give a testimony here. I'm a big fan of campus ministries. They have their faults. They do. But I'm a big fan. A huge part of my own spiritual formation happened in college through a campus ministry. I stumbled into my third year in college. I kind of stumbled into a... uh, division of Campus Crusade for Christ, which is now called CREW, uh, that was aimed at student-athletes, and it was called Athletes in Action. And through that, I got discipled for two years. Simultaneously to that, uh, Sarah was led to faith through this campus ministry, and then she was discipled for years. So big, big fan of campus ministry. And so if you are going off to a college, get connected with Campus Outreach or Crew or the BCM, Baptist Collegiate Ministries for you older folks. That was Baptist Student Union back then. They changed the name. Don't know why. RUF, Reformed University Fellowship. Any of these things are good things. Let me encourage you to get connected. And they have this through military chaplains as well. So get connected to that immediately, like ASAP. Don't wait. Don't think I'll do that in the future. Do it right away. And then number three, and perhaps initially the most boring to you, but, friends, the most important. Number three, commit yourself to a local church. Commit yourself to a local church, for this is Christ's bride. This is Christ's created vehicle for life and ministry. I mean, personal Bible study uh, and prayer, super important. Please do that. Military and campus ministries, they are fantastic. Get involved. But the church is what Christ created, commissioned, and commanded all Christians to be a part of. And so listen to me, as you move on into the next phase of your life, you're not graduating from the church. Yeah, you're graduating from the student ministry, but you're not graduating from the church. In fact, you need the church more than ever. And the number one thing you can do to fan into flame the gift of God that is in you is commit yourself to a local church. For the rest of us, I'd put it this way. The number one thing we can all do to, to fan into flame the gift of God in us is to commit and join like belong, not just have your name on a roll, be committed and part of a local church. But for our graduates, it may, you know, who, who, who are heal, here a little while and somewhere else a little while, it may, it may look a little different. And so whether that's, <clears throat> well, either way, just commit. Maybe that's through watch care and we work with another church to make sure you're getting properly cared for or you join because you're going to live there. That's fine. Commit to a local church. Church, it's still the number one thing you can do to fan into flame the gift of God. I'm going to give you a couple reasons why. Okay, I could give you like a long, long, long list. I give you tons and tons of reasons. You need to continue sitting under good teaching. You need to have people to shepherd you, to care for you, who are going to give an account 
to God for how they shepherded and cared for you and guided you. Uh, the Bible says you should do this, right? But I want to give you three other reasons. Three other reasons. And so the first one, letter A, is this. All right? Commit to a local church, letter A, in order to better grow in the faith. Okay? Better grow in the faith. Now, not that you can't grow outside of a church, but you will better grow connected to a local church. See, Christ's goal of molding and shaping and forming us to be ever increasingly like him is not an individualistic endeavor. It's not something you can just do in private. Our spiritual growth, all of us, our spiritual growth, uh, our persevering in the faith is not independent of other people. It's interdependent on other people. And not just random people, but people you have committed to love through membership in this church or membership in another church or commitment to a local church while you're away in the military or on a college campus. But the point is you are committed to them. It's not willy-nilly, float in, float out on a whim or when you get offended I mean, if the church is a family, as Christ says it is, I hope you don't walk out on your family when they offend you, because they will. Christianity, according to the Bible, is inherently corporate. Not Western American consumeristic individualism. That's not Christianity. That's what America's harmfully done with it, and we have to have a reformation away from that. And so God's plan for spiritual growth, we have to understand this, is not all about you in an individualistic sense. How you can share your faith with 3.2 more people this year and your quiet times will be increased by 16 minutes over the course of the year and your individual holiness is in some measure developed. Those things aren't bad. In fact, they're great. But maybe God's concerned with something more than that. I mean, God did not save you to make you self-focused on your own spiritual development even. Did not save you to just focus in on yourself and your own growth, which, if you're self-centered, is false growth. And he's concerned with how you treat others, particularly the brothers and sisters. And so being a member of a church should cause you, being committed to a church where you're at should cause you to be concerned about others' growth as well, that it truly is a community project. It's not just an individualistic matter. It's for the whole church. That's why Paul, in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, he goes through this long list of gifts that God has given to members of the church. And when we read that, Sometimes we get all caught up in, in, in tongues and this and that, and that's what we focus on. But what we should focus on, rather, is what is the repeated refrain after the listing of every single one of these gifts. It's the, like why he gives them. And why he gives them, the purpose of that, over and over and over, you can go read it, is for the upbuilding of the church, for the upbuilding of the church, for the upbuilding of the church, for the upbuilding, of, not for the upbuilding of you, that, that, that's making everything terminate on you, you know, for the upbuilding of the body, of the family. 
And so one of the reasons you should commit yourself to a local church is to better grow in the faith and not the consumeristic what's in it for me mindset. No, the growth we're talking about is killing the consumeristic what's in it for me line of thinking. That's the growth. And you need the church for that. Another reason to be committed to a local church during this time in your life is letter B, in order to better share your faith. In order to better share your faith. See, we evangelize the world better together than we do it apart, right? We, we happen to be a Baptist church here, so we have something that we do called the cooperative program. So if you've been a part of that at any time, you understand, oh yeah, better together. We do that better together, right? We can do more together than we can do apart. And so we understand if you have any background in the church that we are to be God's agents of reconciliation, he calls us to be disciples who, Matthew 28, make disciples. This is obvious if you have a background in the church as it relates to evangelism. This is obvious to you graduates. But there's also an unobvious part of evangelism. And that's how joining a church... Being committed helps clarify the gospel for non-believers. Because it helps non-Christians, especially in the military or on a college campus, to see, oh, that's what Christians are like. Not the political voting block that the media displays. Not nauseatingly self-righteous people who are fearful that someone somewhere might be having fun. That's what I used to think they were, but now I've met these folks who actually live it. And they care for the poor, and they care for unwed mothers, and they seek to live out the Beatitudes, and they are kind. They're not self-promoting, they're self-sacrificing. I mean, that's an unobvious form of evangelism, but it is a form of evangelism. Because, friends, how you live your life, graduates, how you live your life, what you post on social media, these things declare to the world, hey, everybody, this is what Christians are like. You're evangelizing for something. And we better share the faith with a church. I mean, even your attendance on Sundays is a form of evangelism because it, again, clarifies what Christians look like, what they do. Hey, we prioritize. We put a priority on worshiping Jesus week in, week out. He is first in our life. And we gather with his bride to do that every single week. We do not, Hebrews 10.25, forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as is the habit of some. But we encourage one another all the more as we see the day drawing near. And so friends, this is why uninvolved, habitual, non-attendance, inactive members confuse both real members and non-Christians about what it means to be a Christian. Confuse. And so as you go off to the military, as you go off to a college campus, or whatever else you may do, listen, share your faith in the obvious ways. Open your mouth. 
tell someone of the love of Jesus Christ. Share your faith in the perhaps unobvious ways as well by being committed to a local church. And then the third reason to commit yourself to a local church forever in your life, but especially in this next phase, is to better live out the faith. To better live out the faith. And this once again emphasizes the interdependence and corporate nature of Christianity. Because as one guy put it, you and I cannot demonstrate love or joy or peace or patience or kindness sitting on an island all by ourselves. No, we demonstrate it when the people we have committed to love give us good reasons not to love them, but we do so anyhow. And so, hear me, you need the church in order to live out the faith. It's an interdependent faith. It's not about me, myself, and I. It's about me and you and you and you and you and you. Eyes, ears, hands, feet. And some rear ends too. So church family, we give, okay? Graduates, as you go wherever you're going to be going, understand that the church gives a visual presentation of the gospel when we forgive one another as Christ has forgiven us. When we commit to one another as Christ has committed to us when we lay down our lives for one another as Christ has laid down his life for us. And it's only together that we can display the gospel of Jesus Christ in this way. We can't do that by ourselves. So, uh, I feel like probably no one's going to know of, uh, of this band except people who are like exactly my age. Those who are older than me aren't going to know this band those of you who are younger than me aren't going to know this band. But one of my favorite bands in college was Better Than Ezra. Anybody heard of Better Than Ezra? Everybody my age. Yes, exactly as I thought. And for those of you who have not heard of them, uh, just because Ezra is in the name does not mean they're a Christian band. Okay? Like, at all. But they have a lesser-known song, and in it, there's this line... And the guy sings, uh, everybody loves to love you when you're far away. Everybody loves to love you when you're far away. And as I ponder on that, I think that what they're saying is that it's easy to love people when you don't really know them. It's easy to love people when all you know of them are like their Instagram moments. It's easy to love them. They're far away. They're not close to you. You don't know the real them, but it becomes much harder to love people when you know them and all their faults. Similarly, it's easy in theory to live out all the one another's of the New Testament when you don't know people. But where the rubber hits the road is when you do know them. Okay, the rubber hits the road when it's that person I'm to forgive who hurt me deeply. Or when it's that person I'm to love 
when it's that person I'm to humble myself to, and they're all prideful, and I mean, that's where the rubber hits the road. When you know someone, it's that person I'm to serve. It's that person I have to go ask forgiveness of. See, graduates, this is why you need a church. It's not just like own your own, memorizing Bible verses and knowledge about God. Okay, the call of Christianity isn't to memorize the playbook, though that's good. The call is to run the plays. To live it. And again, you can't do that on an island by yourself. You need a local church. And so graduates, as you go off, man, we are so proud of each and every single one of you. So proud of you guys. So very proud of you. And this is a milestone in your life. And so we celebrate it with you. We celebrate this day. But a milestone is just a marker on a much bigger journey. And the Lord still has so much for you and ahead of you. The best is yet to come. And so as the theme of Hebrews has been, keep going. Right? Jesus is better. Pursue Him above a degree, above military advancement, above uh, looking cool in the eyes of your friends. Pursue Him and fan into flame the gift of God. And you can help this happen by committing yourself to Bible reading and prayer. Make that a spiritual discipline. Committing yourself to a military or campus ministry. It will aid you. And committing yourself to a local church for the glory of God and the good of your own soul and the souls of that church. Do these things. Do these things. It will help fan into flame. Let's pray. Father, we pray with great thankfulness over these men and women uh, turning from boys and girls to men and women. And we are thankful for how you have brought them to this day. You have seen them through 17, 18 years of Life and growth and development and sanctification. And you have worked in so many mysterious ways. Ways that we might not have planned, we wouldn't have foreseen, we didn't expect. But you have kept your promises. You just often do so in ways we don't expect. And so, Father, we do pray for them and we pray over them again for this year. This milestone, this upcoming life change season. Father, we pray you would bless them and keep them. We pray that you would make your face shine upon them and give them peace, that you would lift up your countenance on them. That they would know your presence, your peace. And Father, they would lean into you 
not away from you. And Father, if they wake up in a year or two and they realize I'm in a pigsty, they would run right home. You welcome with open arms. And Father, as a church, we do too. Help them to know that. Help them to live. Help them commit. Do great things in them and for them and through them. For the praise of your glorious grace. Amen.